Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to game. I'm your host, Christopher Norris, and I'll be leading you through the history of gaming from its inception all the way through to the current day. We've reached the 2000s, the noughties. Influential titles were released during the decade, and as you might expect with the rapid growth of technology, visually, games were making significant leaps forward. Thankfully, the writing was great in most cases as well. Most cases. 2000. Kicking off the decade, the PlayStation 2 was released, and was, for the time being, the most powerful console available. It would eventually become the best-selling console of all time and be home to a plethora of beloved franchises. As always, I'll share some gaming highlights that were released this year. Crazy Taxi, Deus Ex, The Sims, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, Skies of Arcadia, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, Fancy Star Online, and Vampire the Masquerade Redemption. They're a ludicrous amount of games that came out in 2000. So many that to try and go through them all would be an episode in itself. And I don't think anyone would quite want to just listen to someone reading a list. 2001. No hardware releases in 2001, but developers were still creating great titles, such as... Final Fantasy IX, Silent Hill 2, Ico, The First Devil May Cry, and my boy, Wario Land 4. A lot of these I was genuinely surprised to see all being released in the same year. For example, I thought Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney came out in the late 2000s or maybe early 2010s, and for RuneScape I thought that that was in the late 90s. So the more you know than all that. 2002. 2002 had a lot of releases, but only a small number I would personally call classics. There were plenty of annual sports titles, sequels, and a heavy amount of shovelware, uh, but few gems scattered through. But of the ones that I saw during research, the ones that stood out the most, I should say, are Virtual Fighter 4, Times Splitters 2, uh, Resident Evil Remake, uh, Elder Scrolls 3, Morrowind, with the Tribunal span expansion later in the same year. Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Metroid Prime, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, and Kingdom Hearts. Another surprise to me in that the Kingdom Hearts started in 2002. I've never played it, and to be brutally honest, I don't really have any interest in it, but I know that there is a huge, huge fan base for it. 2003. The release schedule for 2003 was overwhelming, to say the least. Uh, but before I get into that, let's go through a few notable events. Enix Corporation absorbed Square Company Limited, becoming Square Enix Company Limited. Valve released their Steam platform out of beta, and Nintendo stopped production of the original Game Boy, Game Boy Color, NES, and SNES worldwide. The dominant consoles in 2003 were Sony's PS1 and PS2, Nintendo's GameCube, and Microsoft's Xbox. Nintendo had the only dominant handheld with the Game Boy Advance, although they would also release the Game Boy Advance SP in 2003, and Nokia released at the N-Gage. Now, considering the sheer volume of titles that came out that year, it may be to get better to go through the best-selling releases for the year, and for a bit of fun, the worst releases. Let's go with the best-selling first. Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire was the top-selling title worldwide and was the fifth time a Pokemon game was worldwide bestseller since 1998. Mario Kart Double Dash came out in 2003. 
marking a shift in the gameplay of previous titles by controlling two characters and being able to choose different vehicles per weight class. Wario with the purple Cadillac will always be my top choice. Not fussed on the code driver. Final Fantasy X2 was the third most popular title and was a continuation of the story in X, with players following Luna and an all-female main cast in the search for Tidus. There were also only three player characters, so while I've never played it, I imagine the team was much easier to manage. Now the worst rated games to come out in 2003. Big Rigs, Over the Road Racing, scoring 8 out of 10 on Metacritic and 3.83 on Game Rankings. At this moment in time, or at least until I see what comes up in later years, this may in fact be the lowest rated game I've ever seen. That's almost an accomplishment in itself. Navy Seals Weapons of Mass Destruction, scoring 18 out of 10 on Metacritic and 18.83 on Game Rankings. Not a lot of info on this one, surprisingly. Drake of the 99 Dragons, with 22 out of 100 on Metacritic and 20.48 on Game Rankings. Now, I've seen footage of this in action and I've heard that it's brutally difficult, borderline unfair in parts. Based on what I've seen, I'm not sure if it would score as badly these days, but I'll let more knowledgeable, skilled players cover that. 2004, some unarguable legends were released this year among a mountain of sports titles. The Nintendo DS was launched in 2004, paired with Super Mario 64 DS. It's good stuff, and it has Best Boy Wario in it, so that immediately elevates it in my opinion. There were also sequels to established IPs that to this day are talked about. Half-Life 2, Doom 3, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, which would also be the best-selling title of the year, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, World of Warcraft. New IPs launched in 2004 included Fable, Far Cry, Katamari Damacy, Monster Hunter, and Red Dead, with Red Dead Revolver being the first in the series. 2005, the 2000s continued to provide digital delights, as 2005 saw the release of titles such as Resident Evil 4, God of War pre-Boy era, Forza Motorsport, Guitar Hero, Shadow of the Colossus, Killer7, Devil May Cry 3, Dante's Awakening, Psychonauts, Time Splitter's Future Perfect, and Judge Dread, Dread vs. Death. I don't see this one talked about much, which is a shame because, in my opinion, I, I think it's quite a good game. It's uh, it's certainly grittier than a lot of other interpretations of Judge Dredd. I mean, most of us will remember the Sylvester Stallone movie adaptation. But let's move on. The Xbox 360 also came out in 2005, getting ahead of the competition, which would be released in 2006. 2006, uh, Nintendo's Wii and Sony's PlayStation 3 were released. A definitely a number of giggles heard when the Nintendo Wii was announced. Among the good titles that came out, there was also that game. Sonic the Hedgehog 06. Maybe I'll get into it in the next season of this podcast, but suffice to say, it's rough. But, as ever, some highlights. Dead Rising, Gears of War... Okami, Bully, The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, Just Cause, 
and Godhand. 2007, heading towards the end of the decade, 2007 brought plenty of releases, but not much in the way of news. But some classic titles, of course, including Team Fortress 2, Bioshock, Portal, The World Ends With You, Assassin's Creed, and The Witcher. 2008, uh, again, huge release schedule, but not much in the way of new IPs. The most we saw was Dead Space, Left 4 Dead, Mirror's Edge, and Spore. Well, Spore was mainly a one-hit tit- a one-hit wonder. Wonder's kind of pushing it a little bit, so... There is that title. It's good, but perhaps not the best. Surprisingly, Nintendo held six of the eight spots for best-selling titles in 2008, with Wii Sports holding the top spot, followed by Mario Kart Wii, Wii Fit, Wii Play... Super Smash Bros. Brawl, and Brain Age Training. The only other titles that grabbed a space were Grand Theft Auto 4 and Call of Duty World at War. Nintendo also held the top spot for most hardware sales worldwide, with the Wii and DS. And I've said Wii so many times in that short space of time that it now feels a bit strange. 2009. Closing out the decade, yet more influential titles came out. Minecraft. Batman Arkham Asylum, Borderlands, Demon Souls, marking the beginning of the Soul series, Dragon's Age Origins, Saints Row 2, Street Fighter 4, and Mad World. There was a game that came out that I have to call out just for how much of a fever dream it was. And for those who remember on my YouTube channel when it was uploaded on there, Xenoclash. Essentially a first-person beat-em-up on an alien planet, but all the story and dialogue was written by someone on a mountain of mind-expanding narcotics. Having played it and the sequel, it's definitely an acquired taste? Uh, Maybe one you want to play with the lights on and some emotional support. Just saying. Nevertheless, thank you for joining me. I've been Christopher Norris, and this is Time to Game. If you've enjoyed listening and want to catch the next episode, why not consider subscribing? If you want to see what else I'm up to, social media links are in the description. See you soon.